It is March 12th, and you are listening to Fight Me, an MMA news and opinion podcast, mostly opinion at this point, hosted by me, Anthony Tadero. Ah, so it is another week in mixed martial arts. If you're just tuning in for the first time, hi, thank you. If you're tuning in uh, multiple times, if you listen to this show every week, then you are my mom. Um, but uh, I do appreciate the new listeners. Uh, for those of you just tuning in for the first time, uh, we're tooling around with the format. It is changing constantly, constantly growing, constantly getting better. But what remains uh, consistent is that I am usually breaking down the week in mixed martial arts. What's happened, my opinion on it, usually have a pay-per-view or a fight night to break down. This week is no different. Uh, we had a nice uh, fight night in uh, Kansas. That's right. Just Kansas. I'm not really sure why we were in Kansas. I think it was a first for the UFC. Uh, everything I've heard from the uh, audience is that it was not the hottest of audiences. Pretty great card, though. Uh, definitely, as far as fight night... Um, uh, possibilities to uh, brew together for a fight night can't really get too much hotter than Derek Lewis in the, this current climate. I mean, the dude definitely draws eyes, definitely not as big as he was before he lost to DC. They really signed it, sort of flamed him out there. Uh, but going up against Junior Dos Santos, one time heavyweight champion of the world, looking to uh, climb back up the ladder as he picks up this victory over Derek Lewis. Uh, I thought we were going to get a um, repeat of the, I think it was the um, Scott Smith, Pete Sells fight. Uh, at one point, Junior Dos Santos had uh, Derek Lewis bent over, doubled over with a uh, spinning back kick, or a, I think, yeah, it was a spinning back kick to the belly. And just, he might have broken a rib. I'm not sure. I haven't actually gotten the word on that one, but Derek Luce was doubled over like he was done. And then Junior Dos Santos rushed in to finish, and Derek Luce sprung up with a big overhand right. Uh, I don't think it hit Junior Dos Santos, but it did knock him down, kind of knocked him off balance. It looked like we were – and then just a crazy scramble ensued. I was watching it with my girlfriend, just like – are the, are the fights usually this sloppy? I'm like, well, when Derek Lewis is in there, yeah, it gets messy. It gets weird. Uh, but really uh, good victory for Junior Dos Santos. I think if it speaks to anything, it really speaks to the thinness of uh, the heavyweight division. A guy like Junior Dos Santos can totally still be not only relevant, but maybe – eventually threaten uh, for the belt, depending on what shakes out at uh, the top of the heap up there. If DC ends up actually fighting Brock Lesnar, if he ends up fighting somebody else waiting for Brock Lesnar, I don't really know what's going on. Uh, I don't think anybody does at this point, but there's, you know, kind of a few guys stuck in the middle. There's Blades, uh, Volkov, and... um, and Francis, but I guess Francis is kind of at the head there. Uh, long story short, I would love to see Junior Dos Santos face off against Francis Ngannou. Uh, my opinion is not special or unique. Uh, everybody has been talking about it after that fight. I believe um, Francis Ngannou posted like a thinking emoji, which was really funny to hear. I think it was John Anik doing the uh, 
post-fight interview with uh, Junior Dos Santos, and I believe well, it wasn't John Anik. I forget who exactly it was interviewing him. It, it wasn't exactly right after the fight. It wasn't in the ring because uh, in the ring, Junior Dos Santos sang happy birthday to his two-year-old, which was both very sweet and really weird. Uh, kind of led the whole stadium in a rousing round of happy birthday to a toddler who's definitely not watching the fight. None of his family was there. They're definitely all in Brazil. Uh, but yeah, after that weirdness, they did a post-fight interview. And uh, someone said, what do you think about uh, Francis Ngannou posting the thinking emoji? And I don't think Junior Dos Santos really fucks with emojis. I, he doesn't strike me as a dude who fucks with emojis. If he does, he's pretty cheery, though, and I bet he always chooses the blushing hug emoji. It took me a while to realize that that's what that emoji was, but the one with just the smiley face and the two hands by, by its side, that's a hug. Uh, so, yeah, Junior Santos definitely loves the blushing hug emoji. But I would love to see that fight. Um, I, if Stipe's going to get a fight before he challenges for the belt, which, again, who knows what is happening there. I, I definitely think a Dos Santos fight uh, trilogy or uh, an Nganu sequel is pretty much all there is. I don't really know what else there is there. Um, you know, there's definitely a few guys hanging around there. Um, there was also another good heavyweight fight. Uh, yeah, Blagoy Ivanov versus Ben Rothwell. Um it would have been nice to see Ben Rothwell get back up there and maybe challenge for the belt eventually. Blagoy Evanov in what is now a pretty controversial controversial decision. I didn't think it was like a blatant theft or anything. You could definitely make the uh, the call or the argument that Ben Rothwell won that fight. It was a tough one to call. Uh, Blagoy Evanov was not moving forward. Ben Rothwell was. Other than that, they were pretty close in significant strikes scored. So pretty hard to tell. Uh, Blagojevinov, I believe, definitely won the first round. The second round was uh, questionable. The third round definitely goes to Ben Rothwell. Um, Really nice to see him back regardless. I don't think this is too much of a monkey wrench. I think I'll definitely get another fight, especially with the state of the heavyweight division in the UFC right now. Uh, but enough's face certainly not looking like the winner. That dude was fucked up. Uh, did not, not looking good. Uh, moving down the card, uh, Lazu Dos Santos uh, versus Curtis Melander. Nice fight. Um, uh, DeSantos winning in the first round by decision. Uh, that dude is definitely someone to look out for. Uh, definitely someone to look out for. Moving up, I believe he's a 170-pounder. I'm not saying a weight class. Uh, regardless, um Fun fight, definitely a dude to look out for. That dude's got a twenty-five and five record. Uh, I think he's on a pretty good um, win streak in the UFC right now. I'm gonna have to see. Yeah, I'm not not seeing a streak for him. 
but 25 and 5 is a pretty good record. And his nickname is Capoeira, and he did some Capoeira. So it's a man who lives up to his name. Uh, moving down the line, Tim Memes versus Nico Price. Nico Price walking away with it. Uh, already said Blagoy Ivanov winning that heavyweight bout. Benil Dariush with an impressive, impressive submission victory against Drew Dober. Uh, not a slouch at all. Drew Dober, uh, definitely a tough opponent. Um, uh, Benil Dariush definitely uh, uh, somebody to look out for in the... Uh, what was that, a lightweight? Yeah, that was a lightweight fight, right? No, that was a welterweight fight. Uh, regardless. Um, somebody to look out for. Excellent jujitsu. Impressive victory from him. Uh, the return of Tim Bosch. Uh, another return. Uh, sorry, Tim Bosch. Amari Ahmedov walks away with the unanimous decision victory. That was an awesome fight, though. That was that was a lot of fun. Um, Tim Bosch looking a little... Uh, Looking a little tubby for middleweight. Uh, he could probably get down to uh, to 170 at this point. Uh, I only say that he didn't look great physically because Omar Yakmadov is cut like a goddamn machine. Uh, and that dude looked impressive. Uh, Tim Bosch was definitely still the aggressor throughout the entire uh, the entire fight. Yakmadov got the best of it. Uh, Rocco Martin. Um is his name Rocco Martin? That's what I'm looking at right now. I believe his name's Anthony. But since I'm Anthony and I don't do well with other Anthonys, I'll go ahead and call him Rocco. Uh, regardless, unanimous decision victory versus Sergio Marais. Not an easy fight. Uh, Marion Renault versus Yana Kunskaya. That was my early pick for fight of the night. Uh, maybe not fight of the night, uh, but still an awesome fight. That one was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, I did have Yana Kunskaya winning... Uh, Kunitskaya winning that fight. Uh, Marion Renault is an awesome fighter. I thought she did really well. I just thought Yana Kunitskaya did enough to walk away with it. I do understand why it was controversial. Uh, I don't really think it hurts Marion Renault's stock too much. Uh, Yana Kunitskaya being the one-time um, Invicta featherweight champ. So I don't really... I'm getting t- kind of tired of seeing there being a featherweight, a women's featherweight division in the UFC and not seeing anybody there. Uh, so I'd rather see Yana Kunskaya at featherweight, even though, you know, I know she lost to uh, to Cyborg. Cyborg's not the champ anymore. Get her back in there. Tell her to throw on a few pounds. Uh, Grant Tyson uh, picking up the victory against uh, Juliana Rosa uh, via unanimous decision. Maurice Green picking up that victory versus Jeff Hughes. Another heavyweight bout. Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's keep getting some more heavyweight blood in there. I I definitely think uh, definitely think Maurice Hughes needs a few more victories. Looks like he's six three and zero. Maurice Green actually uh, looks like he's six three and zero. Not a not a great victory, but um, tall dude. I think he's like six five. Uh, definitely had a huge size advantage over Jeff Hughes. Uh, Louis Smolka losing to Matt Schnell by submission round one. Uh, Alex Morano uh, picking up a victory uh, knockout over Zach Otto. And Alex White picking up a unanimous decision victory versus Dan Moret. Uh, so overall, a fun fight night. Pretty good card. Um, 
some good fights for sure. I felt like there was a lot of sloppiness overall, but this is mixed martial arts, and uh, that is just what happens sometimes. They can't all be technical battles. They can't all be uh, – you know, people want to act like uh, because people get in there and slug in MMA uh, and, you know, turn it into brawls from time to time. They want to act like that doesn't happen at the lower levels in boxing, uh, and it does. And I know the UFC is – uh, supposed to be, you know, top-notch talent fighting, top-notch talent. But the fact is, is um, at the high levels, there's really only one place for mixed martial arts, and it's the UFC. Of course, there's other uh, organizations out there that all have high-level talent. But you get far enough down on an undercard, or you know, uh, especially in the heavyweight division, you're gonna you're gonna see some sloppy fights. Usually not in the main card, uh, but people still love watching the Black Beast swing and i think that's the last time i'm gonna say the black beast because it's really uncomfortable saying his nickname i know i bring it up on every episode but uh i just don't need to say it anymore uh some interesting news uh i have been releasing these on mondays but i think i'm gonna start releasing them on tuesdays and that's what i'm doing today and i'm glad that i'm doing that because um uh conor mcgregor went to jail again so that's fun. Uh, I wouldn't have gotten to talk about that. What do you guys think about that? Um, maybe that'll be my fight me point of the week. Uh, Conor McGregor can really do no wrong. Uh, I think it, he probably spent like three hours in jail or something like that. For those of you who don't know the story, uh, he was in Miami. Someone tried to take a picture of him. He knocked the phone out of their hand, uh, stomped on it a few times, picked it up and walked away. Got charged with strong arm robbery. Uh, so that was the face of every clickbait article you saw after that Conor McGregor arrest in Miami for strong arm robbery. You had to read a little closer if you actually wanted to find out uh, what it was that he did. Uh, I don't know exactly how to feel about that. I don't really care too much, honestly. Um It really doesn't matter much to me. It doesn't make me think more... Uh, it doesn't make me think worse or better about uh, Conor McGregor. It really just um, kind of confirms what I already thought. It's not anywhere near one of the worst things that Conor McGregor's ever done. Uh, it's way better than attacking a bus full of your uh, coworkers and uh, cutting some of them so that they can't feed their family uh, and getting. Uh, you know, feeding Rose Namunas's, uh PTSD uh, and making her scared to go out of her house for months. So, uh, yeah, definitely not one of the worst things Conor McGregor's ever done. Um, you know, it's 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 bully shit and it's thug shit, but what do you expect uh, from him? And this isn't me talking shit about him. That's kind of his MO and that's kind of the personality that he puts out there. Uh, so I don't really know what a person would expect you know, uh, getting in Conor McGregor's face. I don't know if he was just snapping a picture of him as he walked down the street or what it was, but uh, if you're that guy, you have to take in context that Conor McGregor uh, and any fighter really uh, has made their career violence. So you don't be surprised if you uh, push their buttons and they use violence on you. Uh if you've seen any of Conor McGregor's fight, smacking a cell phone out of your hand is not the worst thing that can happen to you if you piss him off in public. Uh, just good thing that man wasn't a bus. Like, things could have been much worse for him. 
Um, so yeah, I don't really care too much about that, but, uh, you know, it's just yet another thing. If anything, I think it's just going to sort of evolve into this whole, um, thing of, you know, I don't know if that guy is going to be able to sue for damages or anything like that. If anything, it's just going to evolve into people trying to call out Conor McGregor, uh, in public, get him to hit them and then sue him. So <laughs> we'll see if that one develops. Uh, also, definitely probably not the craziest thing to happen in Miami. Florida is fucking nuts. Uh, what else happened this week? Sarah Kaufman uh, has been signed in the PFL. Um, Sarah Kaufman at one point, the 135 champion of Invicta. Actually, just up until recently, the 135. Yeah, I said 135, right? The 135 pound champion of Invicta. Uh, interesting that she is being pulled into the PFL. I believe their only female weight class right now is uh, 155 division, uh, built entirely around uh, judo, pra- judo practitioner, judoka, is that what they call themselves? Yeah, judoka, uh, Kayla Harrison, two-time Olympian, Kayla Harrison. They built the entire division around her. Uh, she does not believe that people should be cutting weight. Uh, I think they have to cut weight like four times within a six-month period or something crazy like that in the PFL because of their uh, their uh, sports-like schedule. So, um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Having her fight uh, 20 pounds over her uh, weight limit or over her uh, normal fighting weight. Uh, uh, potentially against uh, one of the greatest female combat sports athletes of all time. I know she's young in mixed martial arts and only has one or two fights now against women who are smaller than her, but still, I mean, just two-time Olympian. Uh, no one in combat sports can say that. We got Henry Cejudo, and he's a one-time Olympian. Uh, that's a crazy feat. Um I don't know if Harrison, Kayla Harrison will start dropping weight eventually. I assume she walks somewhere around 155, maybe 160, something like that. She might cut a little weight down to 155. Uh, she could probably make 145. I don't know how hard it would be for her. But it uh, looks like PFL is pretty committed to um, pretty committed to building that 155 division around her. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens if if – Nothing else. TFL has been successful in, uh, you know, kind of pushing the needle in one direction or another in mixed martial arts. Uh, it's been really exciting to see what they were able to do. I don't know who's funding that whole thing because giving uh, each uh, each fighter of each weight class a million dollars is definitely something that uh, takes a lot of money, and I, even the biggest organizations don't pay. Uh, their winners anywhere near a million dollars. Um, unless of course they're, you know, we're talking pay-per-view points and that sort of thing. But I, I do not think the PFL is doing the kind of pay-per-view numbers that the UFC is doing to be able to, uh, to afford to do that. Uh, but regardless, that'll be fun. You know, the, I assume we're going to see her, uh, Sarah Kaufman up against Kayla Harrison. Uh, it'll be, you know, Kayla Harrison's, no joke. Uh, she didn't really fare very well in the UFC. They say it's because uh, she wasn't putting on exciting fights, but 
she did pretty well in the UFC. And she, she maybe not a finisher, but uh, she's a great fighter, a formidable wrestler, a good striker. Uh, definitely, if she does end up against Kayla Harrison, and it would be a wacky twist if she didn't end up against Kayla Harrison, uh, it would be interesting to see Kayla Harrison up against the most accomplished uh, and complete MMA fighter that she's fought so far. So that'll be another fun thing to see play out in the PFL. And uh, honestly, rooting for Sarah Kaufman, who's a vet of the sport, to make a million dollars because that's probably more than uh, every purse she's ever made in her career combined. And that's just my guess. I'm not trying to downplay uh, her uh, her career, but that's that's just probably true, and that's probably true of a lot of mixed martial arts fighters. Um, let's see. Um, what's, oh yeah, so um, we've got Masvidal Masvidal versus uh, Till coming up in London, uh, co-headlined by uh, Gunnar Nelson versus Leon Edwards. That's an exciting card. Um, Masvidal versus Till is an awesome fight. I know everybody was talking Masvidal versus uh, Nate Diaz not too long ago. I think that was just another one of those things that Dana White likes to throw out to see if he can sort of bully uh, Nate Diaz into or Nick Diaz into coming back. Uh, but uh, that's not happening, and uh, you know, uh, <laughs> looks like we're gonna get Masvidal versus Till. Uh, so that'll be a fun one. Uh, Masvidal walking into hostile territory. I I think if Till can get past, you know, there's been a lot of speculation. You know, Till didn't necessarily, in my opinion, didn't necessarily convincingly beat the best uh, at, uh, what is it, at 170? Yeah, at uh, welterweight to uh, to get to where he was, in my opinion. He, he beat Wonderboy for sure. Uh, I think Masvidal, if he can get past Masvidal, then I think we're, you know, we're in a weird sort of uh, standstill at 170 there um, because Tyron Woodley beat uh, Darren Till decisively. Um, and then so, would, you know, Usman beat uh, Woodley. Does that really make Till a... Uh, reasonable challenger for the title. I think he's at least, if he beats Masvidal, he's at least one more fight away from, uh, at least one more fight away from the title there or going back for another title, uh, title shot. Um, regardless that, that one will be fun. Um, but they, you know, they have, a. Nelson versus uh, Leon Edwards on the same card. So that could be setting forward a possible matchup between, uh, you know, either Masvidal, Nelson, or Leon Edwards. You know, some some mix, m- mismatch, or a mishmash of Till Masvidal and uh, Gunnar Nelson, Leon Edwards. Any of those fights would be awesome. Nelson versus Till, sign me up. Nelson versus Masvidal, sign me up. Leon Edwards versus either of those dudes, sign me up. Uh, so that'll be a fun one. Uh, looking forward to that for sure. Also looking forward to yet another early card. Uh, that one, since it's in London, I think here it's going to end at 7 o'clock. Um, this past fight night, uh, which was in the States on our time, 
actually ended here at like 10.20 or something like that. It, didn't, it ended before 11 o'clock, which was – do you guys even know what to do with your time anymore? What do you do? What do you do if you're not uh, passing out with the – the official beer of the UFC Modelo Especial in your lap on your couch on a Saturday night when you should be out hanging out with your friends who have all stopped hanging out with you because all you do is watch mixed martial arts. You don't have to even let them know anymore. Just tell them uh, you're not going to be able to go out until late and then go meet your friends at a bar or whatever it is you do. You filthy animals. Uh, You have all the options in the world now. And uh, this Saturday you're going to have even more options. Uh, because it's going to end at seven. What are you, what are you going to do? What do you call your mom? It's seven. She's still awake. Call your mom. See how she's doing. Tell her to wake dad up. Dad goes to bed early. He hasn't been same since, since he broke his hip and then started taking Oxycontin, but you know, just wake him up. Just, uh, tell her to give him a little nudge on the shoulder (laughs) because you will have the time. Uh, what else is happening? Uh, Vitor Belfort, um, in my opinion, one of the greatest fighters of all time. Of course, passes prime. Of course, TRT. Of course, whatever. Uh, but still exciting to see him sign with 1FC. Uh, yet another fun thing happening in the uh, mixed martial arts landscape. Um, not really what I was hoping from Belfort uh, signing to one. They're talking about him boxing Roy Jones, which... I don't know. Leave the freak show shit to Risen. Like I would just like to see one do MMA, but it looks like they're, you know, it's a boxing Muay Thai. I think they do jujitsu as well. It's a, all that stuff, uh, all under one umbrella, which I don't really care for too much. I'd like to just see it simplified, and I would like to see Vitor Belfort face the whatever two hundred five. Uh, killers they have over there i have no idea who the uh one championship uh light heavyweight champ is but i want to see belfort fight him you don't really want to see belfort fight a 50 plus year old roy jones even though i'm sure he stands a serious chance of beating vitor belfort uh so yeah whatever let's let's see it let's see these old timers slug it out um i'm not sure what card this is on, but uh, Clay Guida is uh, signed to fight BJ Penn coming up soon. Um, pretty soon after BJ Penn's loss to Uriah Hall, I'm guessing BJ Penn's uh, knee is okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that anymore. It's really confusing. Uh, BJ Penn just continuing to take guys. I will say this is one of the least confounding Ones that I've seen, Clegg Guida definitely passed his uh, passed his prime, but no joke, you know, looked uh, looked like he had great uh, stand up versus Brian Ortega when those two fought. Of course, he has awesome uh, wrestling. A lot of people are saying that at least this one will be uh, at least this one will be competitive. At least this one will be competitive because Guida will get in uh, BJ's guard. I don't know if he will. I mean, he's definitely going to try to wrestle, uh, but his stand-up looked great and uh, against Brian Ortega. And it's looking better and better. Uh, he's with Team Alpha Male now. I think he's been there for about four years. And his game has only consistently gotten uh, 
better in my opinion. I think in his last uh, outing, he got submitted early in the first round. But uh, this is not that guy. This is BJ Penn. Um, and his stand-up has not looked great lately. Uh, he got submitted in his last uh, in his last outing. So I don't know. Uh, also, breaking news. Uh, Shevchenko, I say breaking news. I think this came out last night. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko facing uh, Jessica I. Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty soon. Um I'm going to find out exactly when that card is. Um, but yeah, it's supposed to be uh, at UFC 238 um, in Chicago. So, uh, you know, that'll be fun. I've been waiting for uh, Shevchenko to start her long and bloody reign at 125. Um, one of the best uh, champions, one of the best fighters skill-wise in the entire UFC. Um, I honestly think she won her second bout against Amanda Nunes. Um, uh, so, you know, that being said, Jessica I is uh, no joke. The evil eye. Um, so that'll be a fun one. Definitely excited to see that one go down. So uh, there, you know, there have been uh, there were a couple uh, a couple bad decisions or controversial decisions. What's a bad decision? What's a good decision uh, on this card? Um, uh, there have been a few recently. Uh, a lot of people are talking about the uh, state of refereeing, how we can change it. At this point, I just want to say the answer there is uh, we can't, we won't, it's hopeless, just accept it. Uh, maybe it'll be like a generational thing. And uh, in like 30 years, this batch of referees will die out and we'll slowly get uh, referees who have been, you know, kind of raised around mixed martial arts or uh, studied it to any extent. Uh, right now, we just have a bunch of boxing refs who probably don't even really know that much about boxing. Or not refs, uh, judges, who probably don't even really know that much about boxing. So, not looking hopeful on that front. Uh, I do think a lot of the talk about the um, Yankunskaya win, um, I don't know, uh, or the win over Marianne Renault. I don't think that that was uh, a robbery by any means. I think the Ben Rothwell uh, decision or the um, Blagoy de- decision was a little more egregious. I don't really think either one was a uh, a robbery by any means. So it's kind of like I do agree that there have been some bad calls in the past. Uh, I really don't think there's any way to get away from it, and I really. I think it's just so subjective. We're in a place where, you know, there's no clear, there's no real clear way to judge who wins. They, the um, stipulations they put forward are so subjective. What the fuck is octagon control? You can judge aggression 
I get, you know, if someone's moving forward, that's aggression. If someone's consistently throwing counters, that's aggression. They're both fighting. I feel like that's aggressive regardless. So that's a tough one. Um, But that is what we are going to talk about in my fight me point of the week. Uh, I am going to babble back and forth with one of my good friends since grade school. That's kind of seems how it's uh, how it's gone lately. Uh, about the state of refereeing in mixed martial arts. The catch here is we're going back to uh, the first days. I don't know if you remember, or the old days, like, you know, a couple months ago when I started this podcast, I decided that I was going to have a segment uh, called IDGAF, where I talk to someone who does not really care too much about uh, mixed martial arts and try to uh, convince them of a mundane point uh, that really doesn't have anything to do uh, or that really doesn't apply or uh, appeal to your average uh, casual fan. And I try to convince them of it, even though they don't really care. So I'm going to talk to my good friend, Johnny Jackson, who uh, does enjoy mixed martial arts. He's actually the first guy who got me into the UFC. We uh, rented the, uh, the VHSs at uh, Blockbuster and watched them at home together after high school. Like dudes do. But he hasn't really kept up in a while. He really kind of likes the old days where it's just, you know, gritty dudes smashing into each other. Um, so uh, we're going to talk about a mundane fact of uh, mixed martial arts. So please stay tuned uh, to our next segment, IDGAF. Okay, so welcome to IDGAF, the oldest segment on my podcast, and also the first time I've done it since the first episode. Um, Although none of you listening know how many episodes there have been. Also, you're all my mom. Um, (laughs) Welcome my uh, guest, Jonathan Jackson. Hey, Johnny. What's going on, gang? Uh, Oh, not much, you know, just screaming into the void sometimes i try to decide whether or not i should record an episode of my podcast or if i should just open up my refrigerator and scream in (laughs) (laughs) Um, so uh we're gonna talk about the most exciting part of uh, mixed martial arts the judging you ready yeah i i guess so uh, before we get into it, could you describe your level of fandom to mixed martial arts? I really enjoy watching people punch each other in the face. Uh-huh. Um, probably got back into UFC, you know, when it was in its infancy because of that fact. And then they started instituting rules and weight classes and sportsmanship and shit like that. And I rapidly dropped off and quit caring about it sometime around 2005. Okay. I believe that there were only not weight classes in like the first UFC, maybe the second. I think UFC two after that. I watched a lot of fights on VHS tape. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there, maybe there, I don't know. Maybe there weren't weight classes. I think there were at least like bigs and littles, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a sorority sluts attack that you were watching. (laughs) Right. Right. Oh, Yeah, that is how I group the girls that I've dated. Bigs, 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 and littles. Uh, yeah. So um, we talked a little earlier. We had a um, 
a snafu in the audio, but we were talking about the uh, the judges and how no one knows who any of them are. He asked me if Boss Rutten was a judge, and I want to live in the alternate reality that you're living in because that sounds way cooler <laughs> than the judges that we have. Uh, I, really just, I support any judge who uh, thinks that hiding a hot sauce bottle inside of someone is a valid mode of self-defense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would just be like an, a confused announcer being like, and Judge Rutten, uh, Judge Rutten rules round two as a biggity, biggity bang. Yeah, we're, you know, we're improving the sport already. <laughs> he just wrote down on a piece of paper, don't you talk to my wife. <laughs> you know, just shatter some guy's kneecap in Applebee's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the important stuff. Uh, no, we were talking about the one judge whose name I actually know is Judge Adelaide Bird, uh, which sounds like a character from uh, Frasier. Uh, but yeah, I don't. They're, they're all just like, I think like most of them are boxing judges and I don't even think any of them know that much about boxing, but none of them really seem to understand much about mixed martial arts to be able to judge it cohesively. But also I think if, even if they did, people would still be mad every time there was a decision. I really don't think there's any way to fix the judging. No, there absolutely is getting rid of it entirely and having every fight go to the death. Right, right, right. Well, so the early fights uh, in the UFC, I don't remember. Did they have times, time limits? Was there a clock? I think it was just like, it was like 30 minutes. Yeah, I think it was like 30 minutes. minutes. Well, like, um, well, like Pride used to do uh, one 10 minute round and then like a five minute round over that after that, if it hadn't been decided. Oh, I like that. If they or they just keep getting smaller with the rounds, and then they do like lightning rounds. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. But like the very final one, there's like a sniper focused on their head, so like they have to finish it. <laughs> Someone's got to go down. <laughs> They're holding all of their children at knife point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, daring them to keep the fight going. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I. I, I do like that it's a sport now, but I kind of pre- prefer it to just go until somebody loses. I mean, I feel like that's kind of how early jujitsu fights were done. Like when it was just dojo wars, you know, guys going uh, into other schools and claiming that their style was better. And then they just fought until somebody lost. <laughs> was, this, was this actually a period in jujitsu's history or you just, Quoting the storyline from Enter the Dragon, <laughs> uh, I get I get reality and Enter the Dragon confused all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I also get Into the Dragon confused with um, Double Dragon, Into the Ninja, or Into the Ninja, or Into Sandman. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, by the way, I know this is completely off topic and not something your listeners would care about, but if you ever really want to make a South African person angry. You can tell them you recognize their accent from uh, Dolph Antwerp. They, <laughs> they apparently love that. <laughs> uh, I used to work with the South American uh, or South African uh, chick, and uh, 
somebody walked or when she was talking to somebody once they said um oh i didn't know that people from south africa had english accents <laughs> it's it's a south african accent and it it is way dirtier and dumber <laughs> don't even tell them that they sound like uh diane word tell them that they sound like um specifically yolandi from diane word <laughs> I don't know if he was ever a part of their. Well, actually, I kind of researched that guy after I saw that video for the first time. He's he's like a Canadian DJ or something like that. I, <laughs> oh God, yeah. that's when you failed every category of life: being Canadian and a DJ. Jesus. I mean, I don't. Did he fail every category of life, or did he live like twenty years longer than he was supposed to? <laughs> I think like the, he's like one of the oldest cases of progeria in the world, I believe. He's just going to be a regular looking guy. Yeah, he's going to be Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> he looks great for his age. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, I always love when we can get together and uh, make fun of other people's misfortune. Yeah, yeah, fuck Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> Judge every fight uh, compared to that one punch knockout he landed in. Uh, um, what was it? Uh, snatch. Okay. Well, I think also it would be good if he was the uh, you know the, the ring announcer. Like, All right, gentlemen, come on, touch gloves. There is only one rule: you do not talk about UFC. <laughs> the second rule. You know. Yeah, no. Fairly sure you get where I'm going with that. Yeah, I like that. Uh, well, they do have Ron Perlman narrate like the beginning segments of most UFC pay per views now. Oh Jesus! Yeah, it's pretty intense. Man is a shit show. It's, it's pretty intense. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. The UFC has really fallen apart since you last tuned in. You stop. You stop tuning in at a good time. You stop tuning in before. Um, before Matt Hughes was a walking vegetable, and uh, <laughs> Matt, Wait, Matt, what happened to Matt Hughes? He got hit by a train. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. In the ring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was Matt Hughes versus a train. <laughs> the train was the defending champion. <laughs> These are the bouts that could get me back into the sport. <laughs> right uh, yeah. Um. No, let's maybe not talk about that because people might get kind of offended. But uh, there was a thing that popped up recently about like uh, it was like some excerpts from Matt Hughes's life, like before he got hit by the train. And like um, apparently he's just an evil monster and like tortures his wife and shit. I mean, we all torture our wives, but. Right. Yeah. Mine looks at me every morning when. She's getting up and just, I hear her sigh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Contractually obligated, baby. <laughs> uh, but yeah, apparently he was an evil monster. And I heard him in an interview um, after the train thing. And he's like redevoted his life to God and um, feels like the train hit. God had made the train hit him because he was a bad person. 
which is actually reassuring to hear that that kind of divine intervention still happens. Yeah, right. Like, how many assholes, you know, you just run into throughout the day, like, God, I wish fucking the Lord himself would come down and run a train over that guy. <laughs> yeah, I wish the Lord would just run a train on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> just all the gods. like <laughs> yeah, Zeus, Zenu, whatever that multi-handed uh, Hindu god is, just finger blast him. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I'd like to see the whole pantheon of ancients run a train on that thing. That'd be pretty sweet, right? <laughs> I'm sure it's one quick Google search and you'll get your wish. Everything is at the touch of our fingertips. Yeah. So, like, do you think they should have five judges instead of three? Or... <laughs> yeah, man. No, I think if we're calling it the octagon, we'd have a judge in every corner. <laughs> I had to think. I had to think for a second how many corners an octagon has, but I got it now. I got it. It's eight. Yeah. Just for those of you following along at home. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, they're in every corner, and it's like with NFL refs, how they have to, you know, actively dodge the play of the game. Mm-hmm. Like I know we've got the ref in there already, so we're talking nine dudes <laughs> with the two. So eleven pieces of, you know human meat out there just trying to avoid getting hit by these two guys. <laughs> Alright, so I'm really just going to try and turn every UFC fight into a bar fight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I time you ask for my conception. <laughs> that's, and that's why I had you on the show. <laughs> good, good. Uh, I think really every... There, maybe we'll just keep the three judges, but every judge should have to get their, um, their judging uh, cleared by Boss Rudin before it goes out. <laughs> <laughs> so that way we really only have one judge because nobody is telling Basra no. Nobody's talking back to Boss. <laughs> no. He's the boss. I hate you so much. <laughs> that actually uh, reminds me of the uh, Who's the Boss remake that I wanted to, <laughs> wanted to pitch. <laughs> it's me. It's a, it's a one minute. It's like a 30 second show. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the boss? And he's like, it's me, biggity biggity bang. <laughs> How many times do I have to introduce myself? <laughs> By the way, every foreign accent just turns into like 1900s Italian. Yeah, I felt like mine kept turning into Mario. <laughs> it's <to> me. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Quality stuff right there. But, uh, you know, uh, like, judges, they are all in the same... Are they all s- sitting in the same place? I don't actually know if they are. I feel like I should know more about the sport. They might all, <laughs> they might all be positioned around the octagon. <laughs> Can I have this conversation with you? It sounds like we're on equal footing as far as <laughs> I, I think we are. Uh, I don't know where the judges are. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I just want to take a minute to talk to you about uh, UFC judges. <laughs> so, Please do. Are you for or against? <laughs> yeah, I'm against. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, there has been. You were talking about the referees, um, like in football. That I also think there should be more than one referee. It's kind of weird that we right? take such like uh, important calls and put them on like one guy. Or if we just get referees out of there entirely and go entirely to video screens. 
Yeah. Or, you know, fighters have to stop at the sound of a horn or whatever. But then who's making those calls? Just somebody watching the video? <laughs> He's watching it at home. Like, like shirtless. Like a payphone in Bangkok. <laughs> but you know he's already there anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Boss loves the lady boys. But he does. We all know that. So also, uh, please change my name when you're introducing me on this segment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always, uh, you know, because most like actual MMA journalists and people who do this shit uh, try to stay away from saying anything overtly negative about any fighters because they're going to have those fighters on their shows at some point. I really, <laughs> I really hope that I don't ever become good at this. Yeah, man. Not too long ago, I said that I think Paul Daly's probably not very smart, and then I was like, ah. Maybe I'll delete that episode. God, imagine how terrible that would be. You know, not you, because I wouldn't really call this your career, I don't think, but for the people who it works out for. You know, if they make their career on talking shit on people who make their career on beating the shit out of people who talk shit about them, and then they have to have them on their show. Yeah. I don't think anybody really makes their career uh, talking shit on MMA fighters, because most... Of the shows are pretty, like, pretty fair. The only person, there's a few out there, but the only person who maybe occasionally talks shit is uh, Joe Rogan, and people still love him for some reason. So I don't think there's much wrong. Like, people get pissed at him sometimes, but that's just because some fighters are way too sensitive. Uh, (laughs) So there's no MMA version of, uh, uh, what's his name, Perez Hilton? Oh man! I mean, if it beca- it so the UFC's on. Leave Connor alone. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. I don't know. Um. As it, well. So the UFC is uh on ESPN now. I don't know if you knew that, but the more okay. pop- yeah, the more popular that it gets, the more varied the media around it will be. But I mean, sports media in general doesn't really have any sort of hasn't really branched out that much as far as like not or being having an audience of more than your average sports fan. So gotcha. I don't know. Um, I don't really, it's, if anything, it's just going to draw more of the same. Okay. <laughs> Do people still wear affliction shirts? No, nobody wears affliction. I think that's universally known, uh, as, a, back, as a mistake. <laughs> yeah. The UFC still does use that same, uh, new metal song as their intro. Face the brain, face the brain. <laughs> so... It's still that. Oh, God. It's so confusing why they still use that. You know the one I'm talking about? It, it's ringing some bells. Yeah. I just imagine they got a really good deal on it the first time they got it recorded. <laughs> right. I guess so. Yeah. I, I wonder if it was made specifically for them. I never really thought about that. It has to have been. Yeah. 
And every time they bring up trying to change it, Dana's like, no, why, why would we do that? Nobody's going to give us that kind of price these days. <laughs> we've got to stick with what we have. It or, works. It works, guys. Or it was like his shithead nephew, and he's just trying to like <laughs> give his band their big break. And it still hasn't come over like 25 years. <laughs> uh, the guy's working at the local elementary school, part-time janitor, and subsisting off of that and the royalties he gets from it. <laughs> Every time Dana tries to switch it up, and gives him a call like, "Hey, Dana." Um. <laughs> I think we are on to something for sure. Uh, so yeah, if we if we blow this thing wide open, yeah, if we could sum this up in any way, I think we decided that uh, the that MMA doesn't need uh, more or better or different judges. But more judgmental media. <laughs> we need a we, we, we need someone who's out there to dish the gossip. <laughs> well, you know, TMZ is actually one of the bigger reporters of MMA news these days, which is weird. That's so weird. Yeah. Because if we're looking at Venn diagrams, <laughs> right. I don't see the overlap there. No, not a whole lot of overlap. Uh, I think like Dana's got some connection with TMZ. I don't really know what's going on there. Uh, it's weird. But yeah, we definitely I need to uh, number one, make a sassy gay friend. <laughs> then number two, get him on this podcast and get his get his opinions on these things. I feel like that's got to be an in-studio one though so I can like show him pictures and get his opinion. Or you could just get like a low-key gay dude who, you know, just everything about their life you would have no clue until you find out, oh, yeah, I guess he's a little gay, whatever. Is that just because that's the like, only kind of gay guy you're comfortable with? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining you trying to interview him, pushing for all the campy shit, and he's like, yeah, no, I mean, whatever, that's weird. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, every gay dude I've ever talked to about MMA is like, I mean, I know why I like it. Why do you like it? Oh, for sure. All of you listening in, please call to Anthony. Yeah, please. Yeah, reach out to me. I know you're out there. But if you're not sassy, don't fucking bother. I need you. <laughs> also, if you don't have a bumper sticker on your Jeep that says, if you're not sassy, don't fucking bother, don't fucking bother. <laughs> yeah, that is the name of this episode now, though. If you're not sassy, don't fucking bother. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good, good. All right. Well, uh, thanks. Again, Johnny, uh, that wraps up another episode of Fight Me. Uh, if you would like to argue my Fight Me point of the week, uh, I have no idea what it was because that conversation was confusing as hell. Uh, but I think I think it is that um, MMA media needs a more sassy gay men. <laughs> So if you have anything to say about that, uh, at me, bro. Uh, MMA, fight me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, that wraps up another week in mixed martial arts. I've been your host, Anthony Tadero, uh, with my guest host for the day, Jonathan Jackson. Say bye, Johnny. Bye, guys. And remember, as always, if you don't like it, fight me about it. <laughs>